Geek Shock. Geek Shock. You want to know why it's going to be a great show? I'll tell you why. Why? Because the man across from me is not here. <laughs> You're right. He's not man spreading in front of That's you. That's correct. This week, Andy will be played by a box of Gloomhaven. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna spill the encore box. It's on top of it. It's got a Gloomhaven. Spread. I thought about that too. I'm like, oh look, he doesn't have to move that heavy box of Gloomhaven twice in one night. Yes, because that's where Andy sits. That's where my Gloomhaven box sits to remind me. Hey, we need to play more Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven. Who are you gonna play with? Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a it's gloomhaven. You play it by yourself. I don't know if you've oh. heard, but I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, Torgo is not. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number four hundred and eighty. I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Oh, that's right. He's not here. That's right. Matt. <laughs> and we're to talk week and geek. Yes, Andy is in. Miami? Miami. Okay. Miami doing carny things. Being a carnivorous. <laughs> I love that dude. He's, it's Looking funny. He's like, I love being a carny. The carny like, And it's like, you're drawing caricatures. I know, exactly. <laughs> you know, he makes yeah. it sound like... It's like you're the bearded lady or the fucking... Yeah, exactly. Or the ringling... Like, the, <laughs> he's like, come one, come all, come <laughs> see the fat bearded lady eat a live child. Come. <laughs> Only a dollar for... It's like, you're, dude, you're doing caricatures and you're that, having fun yeah. and you love it. Yeah, talk to me when you're taking tickets in front of the Hall of Mirrors, yeah. all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... Crazy. Yeah. Now, as we promised last week, we will be talking Captain Marvel yep. with spoilers at the end of the show. So, of Aww. course, we'll give you ample warning when we start that in case ample. you haven't seen it. Ample. Ample's a good The warnings word. will be ample. The warnings will be ample. Indeed. So, gentlemen... What geeky things did you do this week? I saw Captain Marvel again. Ah, no. Oh. I actually, I actually did see it again. <gasps> oh, wow. Jeff uh, took the girl to see that because she wanted to see it. Nice and uh, had a good time with that. And she really enjoyed. She it. enjoyed it. Okay. Absolutely. Sweet. We, we'll get into spoiler talk on that later on. What other geeky things you do? Well, other geeky things. Oh, nothing really. Oh, a surprise. Um, Am but, I surprised? But, wow. but I did go see Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. <laughs> At least <laughs> we got that out of the way. <laughs> yes. I was expecting him to say, no, nope, still didn't see Captain Marvel. So, good, good. He needs to change his call sign to nothing geeky Matt. Oh, yeah. What? What do we have on the show? This is All like... right, I'm leaving. Last show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, no, and, we're and falling from, apart. And from the east, I hear a yay. <laughs> <Barely>. <laughs> Who's right. going to talk about Warhammer now? Right now, Andy wakes up in the trailer going, <sighs> I've I've got this boner. I don't know why. <laughs> what do I do with this boner? <laughs> he says that every day. Oh, I know. There's the bearded lady. Ouch! Zing! Yikes! Well, this week was a really busy work week, so I didn't have much spare time. But I forgot to talk about last week. I have been playing the Call of Cthulhu game on the PlayStation Four. And like every Call of Cthulhu game I've played in the past, I did not have high expectations for this game because most games with that title have been terrible. But I've been enjoying this one, and it's really taken me by surprise. It's a third-person 
action puzzler. Uh, is I guess I could call it that. I hate puzzle games. You'll hate it. But it's in a full adventure. It's telling a story, and you have to unlock the story by finding all the clues oh, through various God. rooms. And there's some puzzles that are very action-oriented, some stealth stuff. But it's very much in the vein of Lovecraft. You're going to a small island to investigate a murder off the coast of Maine. You've been hired as a private detective, and it involves... A woman that has some, some mental issues that died, but her paintings are mystical and yeah, bad Ooh, things happen cool. to the family around it. It's neat and creepy. Of course, it's off the hmm. coast of New England. Well, of yeah, course. It's Lovecraft. Yeah. So far, I'm really impressed by it. I mean, I still probably have about half of it to go, so it could shit the bed between now and then, but so far, I've got high hopes. I'm not going to say it's the greatest game in the world, but I'm enjoying it a lot more than I have. Maybe it's because of lower expectations. But but, but do you have high apple pie in the sky hopes no, for the game? No, I don't not have... Not that high. I've okay. never had high apple pie in the sky hopes for anything okay. ever, except that no time... Oh, man, sky. Except that time I took ketamine. Then I had the <laughs> high in the pie <laughs> hopes. That was... That was so much fun, too. <laughs> it we, was fun for everyone. We need to find somebody who sells ketamine and just do a ketamine episode. Apparently, I guess apparently the government just... <laughs> just what? Put that said the ketamine is now allowed to be treated treatment for depression? <laughs> something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like a low dose something so, or other. Yeah, it's like going to be microdosing available soon. Is, uh, now, microdosing is is actually there. There's a lot of talk about I, stuff like that. I think it was that or PTSD, or maybe it was both. I'd have to uh, look it up. I could see that. There, I, I've read things about DMT, ketamine, all the things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got a cold? Here's some ketamine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you'll you'll forget all about it soon. <laughs> now, S say hello to God for me. It's really weird. Yeah, depression. Yep, right here. Okay, because when you first talked about ketamine. Mm -hmm. uh, Todd, I remember hearing in the in the forties and fifties mm -hmm. they had started using ketamine as an anesthetic. It was battlefield medicine, right? And and um, they were discovering that it would like would have a bad effect on children because it was one of those it totally paralyzed you, but it didn't knock you out. Yes, so children were conscious during operations and shit like that they just couldn't respond oh that's terrifying yeah and so and it was really funny because the, the the article i was reading it in was in the context of but they use ketamine for animals now which is sort of like oh, also that's, also terrifying that's fucking cruel so when you were talking about your experience i was just like so was he awake for the What'd you get? Penile enlargement? I, f I forget. I think that was it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was triple penile enlargement. Oh. Get it right. Oh. No, that's uh. when I had that hernia and they had to shove it back in violently into my stomach. Violently? Yeah. Wow. You got the mesh? Did you get the mesh? Uh, and eventually I got the surgery <gasps> to get he the mesh. He didn't go to the place in Toronto. No, he sh you're, you're going to have problems later on. Mesh is bad. <laughs> I got the new mesh, not the old mesh. Oh, dude, this is America. You got the discounted mesh, okay? It's the new mesh. It's the new mesh. It was You'll probably made it. in Canada, though, so. You probably. Know. Yeah. Okay. No, that Canada, oh. that one hospital that uh, 
Rand Paul went to. Oh, yes. It's the one place in the world that still does, with uh, incredible uh, skill and success, non-mesh hernia repairs. Wow. They do it old school where they, they actually fix the tear as opposed to do the mesh. And so people who don't want to get the mesh, that's really where you got to go. Yeah. That's why he went there. It, it was fun to laugh at him for going to a socialized medicine country, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, is he went to the top-notch place to get the kind of operation you really want to get. Sure. Too bad you got to get in America, huh? But anyway, you got the mesh. I got the good mesh. They open yeah. them up. Oh, there it is. Ah, I just put the mesh. Yeah. They take take a colander from Walmart. They cut out a piece. Yeah. I went to the mesh mesh. in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, ketamine. Anyway, ketamine. Yeah. Yay! Okay. So. so I was I was I was not put under, but I went on a hallucinatory trip and look up that episode in the past. You want the whole story. Like, right. It's called like Special K or something like that. Now, I I mean, the way I got the story was that when you were coming out of it, you were loony. But yes, were you technically technically not under when they were violently shoving? I your... had I had no idea what was happening. I couldn't feel any of that happening. Uh huh. Uh, to me, I had in my in my mind, I had already died and left my body and was out in the universe. Oh, so that's that's where uh, my brain was that, at at the time. Cool. I don't know. I was I was when you hear about people one with the universe, I was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I, when I got there, he was starting to come down, but they they wanted me to keep an eye on him. They said he's he's going to be tripping for a little bit longer, but you just kind of keep an eye on him, make sure you know he keeps breathing and stuff. I thought but, I was never coming back. And but it, it felt great. Yeah, it was it was the the happy. Yes. Yay. Yeah, it was it was a very sense of calm. It was like go welcome to our yeah, really. for you. You're never going back to <laughs> Jeff. And I was hearing all these echoing phrases that I couldn't understand that were gibberish, but yet I could. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was the doctors talking about whatever it was, probably just bouncing it around this weird brain. Father you Nurgle know, wants you to hear meet that. You. <laughs> you hear that shit, and then you're like. Uh, H.P. Lovecraft must have done dope. He had to have done dope. Because white, white punks on dope? You, you hear people talk about experiences like that, and then like you, you read Lovecraft, or like Sid and Marty Croft. It was really funny, because I remember every time they, get, they would get asked, okay, H.R. Puff and stuff, really, the bugaloos? Right. Come on, you guys were stoned. And, and apparently they're like, no, no. And they're like, guys... You can't you can't do this stuff when you're stoned. You can't actually function, so you can't yeah. be stoned. You can't do it. And they were just like, you know, trust us. We weren't. We were stone cold sober. I know. But, I got a couple of rockers that would beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> Writing beautiful songs and shit like that. The only thing I could see in my brain is how I knew my eyes were open. Is that I was seeing. What I saw was like a maelstrom, uh, the warp, if you will, for 40K people. Uh, just a swirling grays and blues when I was Ooh. hearing all these voices and so on. But, in a town but, of Horus, like, come. But as Jeff will probably tell you, my eyes were twirling, literally yeah. twirling. So They were, they were, they were moved. Like, if you ever look at somebody that's asleep, with it, like, have you ever seen somebody that sleep with their eyes open when they're in REM sleep? You know how their eyes are moving that's that's what he was when i got there his eyes his eyelids were open but there was nobody home (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, and that's different. It was like, um, oh, oh, zing, zing. Hey, that's what I'm here, folks. <laughs> Keep everyone down a notch. <laughs> yeah, I think I was there for about ten minutes when he finally like started to be aware of things going on around him in the room. Like he rolled his head over, and goes. Hi, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, I remember that part. <laughs> and then, uh, and then proceeded to tell me what he was experiencing. But uh, yeah, yeah, during, prior, the, sh- during prior the shakes, that, I was on the other end of the universe. Yeah, like <laughs> That's prior great. prior to that, like when I walked in, he he just was just lying there completely still. Like I said, the eyelids were open, but you could tell nobody was home. <laughs> That's um, awesome. And, and just, you didn't record any of it. I know. Well, I'm I so mean, sad. I, <laughs> I mean, he differential. Yes, because he's respectful. But at the same time, you well, still recorded it. I know. I, What's he I, doing I, on this podcast if he's respectful? I thought about it after because my yeah. primary concern at the time oh, sure, was sure, 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 I need sure. to get to the MEC and make sure that he's okay. And then they're like telling me I need to sit and monitor him for a little bit. And then as I could tell that he was going to be okay, that's when I started taking down notes of stuff that he said but prior to that i was more focused on making sure that he was okay we could have had a warp drive what else could what else <laughs> did you what else did you lay out plans for I know, right? god damn world jeff. peace yeah world peace jeff anyway you let it slip by lead into gold my friends <laughs> lead into gold <laughs> i think more gold into lead be <laughs> <laughs> just saying so what other geeky things you do this week love death and robots i gotta see that so badly yeah, yeah big was oh. ranting about that too that was pretty pretty trippy it was definitely once once i heard that it was originally fincher and miller's plan to uh do a heavy metal thing um an anthology movie i was like okay that makes total fucking sense because i was watching that's what no, this is yeah okay. it, it, it's well n- technically no because they couldn't get the rights to heavy metal but they shopped around their ideas and netflix was finally the one that bid on it and it definitely is a bunch of animated shorts dealing with some freaky fantasy and science fiction stuff no tarna it's, it's like mm. uh pacific rim was originally supposed to be evangelion evangelion yeah, yeah. So, Ish. <laughs> yeah, and it a lot of a lot of uh, um, pioneering or experimental animation styles. So, um, <clears throat> DZ was commenting on Jiggle because there was this one uh, short that had a lot of nudity in it, <clears throat> and um, a lot of the female characters they were naked and the the way the body moved was very realistic and i think that was kind of like a modern rotoscoping i think it was filmed live and then they they did their animation over that cuz okay. it was incredibly it was incredibly real it's okay. uh, yeah i mean i mean we're at the point now where you can feed the video through the computer and it can turn it into animation yeah. Yeah. very yeah, yeah. easily. Shoot, I mean, a lot of cell phones have skins now that if you've taken a picture, you run it through the filter and suddenly you're a cartoon. Yep. And it's pretty freaky because you're like looking at it and it's like, it looks like somebody drew this, but that's an actual photograph of me that's been turned into a cartoon. So Yeah, in a related yeah. story, next year I'm going to become a carny. 
I was, just, I was just about to say, watch it, Andy. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, replaced, man. You should, the you bearded lady on, could only take so much. She should go on the road with Andy, be his hype man, you know, yeah. sharing the profit. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Um, 16 of the stories were short story adaptions. So you had stories from like uh, uh, John Scalzi. Awesome. And um, <clears throat> a few other names that, of course, I'm brain farting on right now. And then two were original stories, and it was uh, it was pretty interesting. A lot of fun, different styles. One um, live live action short with Topher Grace, and it was really funny because they had a couple of CG animated that were really close to being looking like live action. Mm. So when when Topher Grace and Elizabeth Winstead show up. You're staring at your screen like, all right, this is, wow, they really nailed it. This is, <laughs> this is some lifelike shit. And it, it takes a while for you to go, no, this is, okay, this is real. All right. I mean, it was, it was, and I think that they filmed it to sort of convey that impression too. And it kind of throws you. And it was neat. It was fun. So, uh, yeah, yeah, really cool stuff. I hope that um, they do more. So, so is this just a one-time single-off uh, well, they, film? Well, they or? called it season one, so maybe, maybe they'll uh, they'll get more out of it. Um, okay, they'll get to do more. Um, I do know there's a lot of buzz. A lot of people are talking about it, and uh, there are a couple of shorts in there that you know people are like, "This would make a great feature." Do a do a you know a ninety-minute, one twenty-minute feature uh, expansion. So I don't know. Um, yeah, but the the experiments in animation styles were really cool. The 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 <laughs> for for lack of a better reference, the jiggle uh <laughs> the jiggle uh, animation style, actually a lot of it was reminiscent of Spider-Verse. Oh, really? Um there was a lot of it I was looking at that and I'm seeing, you know, um Jiggleverse. Yeah, Jiggleverse. Oh, oh, oh Tarna. <laughs> but um yeah, it uh, it was cool stuff, and you know I hope that I hope there's a lot more, a lot more experimenting like that done. Yeah, I got to see that. I got to see that this week. Yeah, yeah I still got to see Halloween. I've been so busy this week. I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to see it this week. God damn it! My work's oh, keeping man. Busy. Damn, plight of the working man. It's true. It's very true. Yeah, no, that is. Yeah, I uh, actually it's funny, um, and the job which had ended. They uh, sent me an alert, and they were like, you know, there's a new possibility coming up. And what they do is they give you the training stuff so you can go through to understand what they want you to look for when, you, when you're given the material. Uh, I'm speaking very general for NDA reasons, but they'll give you a quiz. They'll okay. go over your answers, and then if you pass or you get a certain uh, score, and it's really funny too, because it's like 60, 70%. It's not like, you gotta get 95 to get this job. But then you go on to what they call the qualification, which is another series of quizzes where they don't talk about your answers, they don't talk about your score, you just answer like 30 questions, do 30 samples, okay, and, and at the end of which, they'll say, um, uh, thank you. And it was really funny, I did the preliminary quiz, 
And this, this job that they're looking at is so nuanced, I flunked everything. What, what, what? I got out of 20, 20 samples, I got one that came up green, which meaned I did everything that they want, wanted. All the others were red, and it, it would explain how I messed up. And I'm like, well, that's fucked. And then uh, they said, okay, now proceed to the qualifications. So I did the qualification quiz. No score, no responses to my answers. It was just I just did 30 questions, and then it was like, thank you very much. We'll talk to you in a couple days. And I'm like, well, I'm fucked, and that job's <laughs> not coming. Wow. So I just stared at the wall, and I was like, for a week, I was like, I, I can't. I don't know if I can't go back to the strip. I don't what the fuck am I going to do? And I'm doing a lot of real evaluating stuff cuz it's like I got to I got to change the cycle. And then I get the email today, "Congratulations, you passed. <laughs> go to this link to start get your contract and set things up and then get started, bubba." And What? Yeah. So you just said you got everything wrong except one. Right. Okay. Well, the I guess the that's qualification good for you. quiz was apparently the one, but they said, "Take this quiz. You need a sixty-nine percent to pass, and unless they're using some kind of strange new Common Core shit, I did not get sixty-nine percent." So I guess I did well enough in the qualify. And I will say Imagine that how everyone else did. Exactly. Well, there's that too. It's like maybe I was the... I, I, well, he got one right. All right. <laughs> Let, let's get him going. Maybe the test was an evaluation of the way the test was structured. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I will say that the qualification test I took uh-huh. was a lot easier. That that the the quiz where they reviewed the answer was some tough stuff because this is really nuanced, nitpicky, uh, differential things. You know, do you select this word or do you highlight this word? Which you know, do you use both words? Do you use neither? And I mean, it was really, really just um, really nitpicky specific, and I was just like muffin all over the fucking place. So maybe uh, you know, I guess I I did well enough. So. So yeah, I have oh, excellent. to. Yeah. So I mean, there is that. It's weird. It's not political at all. It's entirely uh, commercial. I think the client, whose uh, name shall not be revealed, is now moving on to evaluation of advertising and commerce ah. issues. So, but there you go. Well, good man. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. But that was the other thing I did this week. That's so, a good thing. That's a great thing. Yeah. Uh, I have continued reading The Horus Heresy. <sighs> well, fuck I, on I now. am now on the flight of the Eisenstein. Okay. So still in the That's good That's a parts. good one. But you yeah. know what? I had a, a small uh, interaction with, uh, on Twitter, he goes by K5Zach, and we were both having the same issue because he dropped off on the Horus Heresy series at Fulgrim, which is the next novel. And that's the novel that I stopped reading at the last time I was on. I've read it. So Fulgrim's going to be after this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm not looking forward to it. So <laughs> I, I, I figured out how I'm going to get through the horse heresy and yeah, make it work. Fulgrim's kind of, yeah, I'd agree with you on that one. So I'll give it a shot. I'm going to do this for every horse, horse book. I'm going to give it a shot. 
And if it's not clicking, what the next one? I am going to read some synopsis online and go to the next book. Because that's the thing, especially with the first like 20, there's like really good ones and really bad ones. And then they figure their, their shit out like 25 on. And the, um, the main protagonist in Flight of the Eisenhorn is the only common guy throughout him and the, um, what's that guy's name? Cerberus? Sarbus? That, the, uh, the, the guy that starts everything who corrupts Horus. Erebus. There you go. Him and, um, especially the G. Garo? There we go. <laughs> I love that book series. <laughs> Anyways, those are the only two common out throughout the whole series, pretty much. Okay. Wow. So. The really bad guy and the really good guy. Yeah. That's the, that's know. the, the omnibus trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> omnibus trilogy. <laughs> a, a, a paltry three books that, uh, what's his name gave me, uh, uh Scully. Um, the Eisenhorn. Oh, that's oh, a good one. The the Abnet. Um, um, yeah, right. Him and Graham McNeil, oh, two yeah, of the yeah. best writers in that whole Black Library. Um, but you want you want to read um, uh, the Tanith, the Yer- Commissar Yerick in the Tanith. Mm-hmm. That's the next one you got to read. That's three or four books. Well, I I gotta finish the Omnibus trilogy because I I started and I'm like. Uh, I mean, it's Abnet. So I was like, damn, this is actually pretty solid prose for a tie-in book. This is, this is, yeah. it's not just a matter of, oh, it's an interesting world. You got to, you know, watch the t- chainsaw swords. But, um, it's more yeah, than I just, I didn't. Do not talk ill of the Warhammer universe. I, but I, well. Knowing what you like, Kay, I think you'd like the first three books of the Horus Heresy. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for the rest, but I think the first three is kind of one single story. Uh-huh. And I think that's, if you've expressed interest in that gothic sci-fi world that it they've is. built. It's cool. And they play around with it, and I think Abnet is the first writer in the series. And then Graham McNeil is the second one. So Graham McNeil, he sounds like the... Like the lead guitarist of some British <laughs> band, you know, you know, some British band that, yeah. that, that um, yeah. Not only does he you know, tour the world doing rock, but yeah. he writes Warhammer that's, novels. <laughs> yeah, Graham McNeil. That's a, a foreigner Rush cover band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes! yeah. Yeah. Once again, Andy's like, up oh, another boner. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> All right, well, I already did the bearded lady, so uh, where is the, uh, I don't know. Snake man. <laughs> <laughs> too rough. Oh, well. Can't be too picky out here, the carny life. <laughs> carny life. That's the way we carnies live. <laughs> Two-headed goat. Where, <laughs> wait, 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 where's the midget? <laughs> I'm sorry, little person. Oh, yeah, oh, little person, shit. Yeah, Andy would never say, we never walk around with a boner going, where's the midget? Come on, give the man some credit. Are you sure Andy would never do that? He that would was never the joke. use the that word the midget. Joke. Okay. He would be like, where's the little, where's the little fella? <laughs> oh, not this one. I need, I need. Um, so, yeah. so, yes, I'm, I'm actually planning on reading all of the Horus Heresy. Fulgrim's kind of fucked up. I hate that book, actually. No, I didn't think about it. Uh, you're not the only one. There's there's three of us well, with this fellow on Twitter that agrees. That guy's <laughs> fucked, Fulgrim. Anyways. But I, I think 
that because of this whole, if it's not great, move on, it's not going to take as long. Don't get me wrong. It's up to book 56. Anywhere close to ending? Yes. Oh. I actually listened to an interview with one of the writers of The Horse Heresy this week. He's like, I'm finally fucking done. So I hate that, this. <laughs> and, he, and he says that, yes, after the assault on Terra, which is the finale, there will be no more Horus Heresy books. They'll be talking about new things happening in the... F- I mean, there's modern 40K novels still being written, but that's where they're going to focus. That's oh. it for the past. Well, that's... Wow. Did, have we talked about media tie-in is i mean because it sounds like it's a rich ip to just you could you could make your own access warhammer all access streaming channel and just have content for a decade i mean uh, you could yeah there's have youtube we, channels on there that i don't think we've talked about it but have, ha, well has there ever has there ever been any kind of announcement or rumor or anything there is right now somebody is working on a 40k movie they have done one in the past that was terrible Mm. and there's a lot of people out there doing fan fiction ones you can find on youtube and some of them are pretty decent Mm -hmm. what was that really dry animated one that you watched that was ultramarines that was the one that was awful yeah yeah that, like well, well the, the line delivery was really poor and everything about and it and the was animation poor. style was questionable. It was ten year the animation style was ten years old. Yeah. And it, it so it looked awful for the modern eye. And so I can't imagine what it looks like now. Well, that was like five yeah. years ago. And it I yeah. mean, because the thing I mean, Ultramarines, it the aesthetic of Warhammer forty K is very interesting and cool. But the way you guys talk about, like the Horus Heresy, it really sounds like the involvement in in that whole setting and plot thing would be a great uh, binge-worthy... I think if they took the Horus Heresy, edited it down to the core story, and made that into an animated series, I think it would be great. One of the best right. animations and, ever, And it's, a, it's yeah. a core, like you said, a core story, because as Matt half-jokes... It's the same story told from multiple viewpoints, so it's just you actually just need to select yeah. what characters and viewpoints you're going with, and you, you've you got it. But I think you could get three or four seasons of a 12-episode animated yeah. show out of that. I want this to happen, actually, yeah. now. <laughs> well, actually, right now, I'm kind of banking. The, the sheer number of things that we have said that Hollywood has done like a year or two later I'm kind of banking on somebody's listening to this right now and making some phone calls. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd imagine someone's trying to work on that that product or that uh, IP. They should. It, it's so rich. There's a lot there. You can you can even so you don't have to do the horse. You could do what's happening now in the Warhammer universe, right. or you could do what's happening out in the Tau universe or whatever. Sure. I mean, yeah. right there, you, oh. you there are multiple stuff. What's interesting about 40k is that Warhammer has been around for decades now. Mm. And it used to be the Games Workshop was really, really horrible at, one, publicity, and two, fan interaction. Like, if you had an issue or had a question, getting in touch with them was awful. That has all turned around. Now they're very much into getting their IP out into the world. Eighth edition is the most popular edition that's ever come out. More people are playing it now than ever before. And they're spreading their IP around to both video games and also very, very embracing the fans and... 
what are you doing? Tell us how we can do better. And they base new beta rules on the fan interaction. So they're they're really trying to build it, and it's working. So I wouldn't be surprised if it moves into some more media outlets, if nothing else, just to build the brand. All righty. Maybe the, yeah, the games are hit and miss, but there are some good games out there. Like the Dawn of War series, one of the best. Mm-hmm. R- it's an RTS, yeah. that one. Space Marine. If you want to watch a movie, play Space Marine. That's yeah. that's a movie right there. Mm-hmm. Lots of good cutscenes. In fact, oh, yeah. you can watch all the cutscenes on YouTube for Space Marine. <laughs> yeah, so it's a freaking awesome movie. Oh yeah, I one. I see that. All I stumbled into that rabbit hole where I just found <sighs> people who do cutscene movies where they just take the cutscenes and they they just make them yeah. into movies and put them on YouTube. So that's been interesting. Um, yeah, I've watched. Uh, I've also like this week, but I've also watched like some Star Wars fan films, and it it's been interesting because uh, some of them are pretty bad, and okay. some of them are kind of middling, and they always follow the same theme of the apprentice having to make a decision whether or not they're going to become great, <laughs> and 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 then they make the decision and become great, and it's kind of boring. Kind of, sort of. But then they, I'm impressed with the effects work. Okay. Um, a lot of the, some of the fight choreography is kind of, kind of meh. But right. some of it's actually, actually not bad. <clears throat> um, but that's been, that's been an interesting little journey. And then, of course, YouTube starts recommending oh. a bunch of fan film things from various other universes and stuff. And it's just like wow. I would love to just see your YouTube channel one day, just to see all the shit that's on there. I, you and the you and the man babies, and then like, the for oh, you, dude, the oh yeah, dude. Yeah. I still get crazy <laughs> Nazi fu- shit. I, on the I right made the fucking Andy. mistake. Yes, you did. I, I got lured into uh, the Khazars, the Khazar Khanate. That's the Turkish Khanate <clears throat> that historians fight over whether or not. They converted to Judaism to like balance the Byzantine Christians and uh, the uh, Islam caliphates. Okay. <clears throat> Apparently, that is a big rabbit hole oh. for anti-Semite, Nazi, anti-Zionist propaganda stuff. Oh, no. So I was watching this because you know when you think about it, historically speaking, if, sure. it's, if it's true, that's actually really fucking fascinating. It's like, well, you're Christian, you're Muslim. Uh, we're going to become Jewish, you know, and it's just, it, it actually is a really interesting slant to a story. But then you, you get into the, uh, 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 Khazar, it, there's something you can actually Google search, Khazar Mafia. <laughs> there's, it, and it, it ties into the world Jewish conspiracies, and I, I'm not even watching these, I'm just like scrolling through all the different videos that are available, Yerk. Virtually none of them are actual historical treaties. They're all from toilet fire, anti-Semite. Of course they are. Channels, <clears throat> and I'm just and and sure enough, my recommendations have slightly changed. <laughs> of course I have. Uh, you're, you're on the list now. Yep. Oh my god! Oh, damn that algorithm. I know Soros is. He's he's gonna come for me. He's coming for me. <laughs> but yeah, it was just. Oh jeez. 
Speaking of the short uh, fan films, even though they're not fan films, South by Southwest had that, uh, was it 40 Years Alien Celebration? Ooh. And they made a whole bunch of short alien movies, one of them starring Bill Paxton's son. Really? And so they're kind of like official alien films, but all short ones, so I'm waiting for those to hit. That'd be cool. So I'm very excited that's out there now. South by Southwest gets all the good stuff. At that and um, uh, the Critical Role Kickstarter, which still has about 30 days left, has broken 7.5 million and is still growing. They're like, Jesus. oh, shit, 10 now years that's, what, now? eight shows now? They're like, yeah. 10 years, boys. We've got 10 years yeah. to make. <laughs> they're looking at it right now. They're like, well, we're in a short season, and uh, they're, they're still picking up stretch goals. They'll be doing, like, one-shot Battle Royale animations. They're lining up uh, guest act, guest voice actors to come in for with, with new characters and stuff. So Fun. That's just insane. And apparently the Misty... Uh, 3K people actually chimed in and gave him a giant congratulations and way, way to go, which was really, uh, really classy and very cool. Yeah. So that's been insane. Well, for monkey splats this week, <laughs> I want to sh- put a shout out to Jake Godbold for, real- for realizing that picture of Andy doing a side eye at the camera looks exactly like the skull cover of Evil Dead 2. If you've uh, seen the VHS cover of Evil Dead 2, it's that skull yeah. with the eyeballs looking side at you. Yep. Yeah, apparently that's Andy under the skin. <laughs> so good catch, Jake. Good catch. Under the skin and copious beard. So way I, to go. I was going to say, speaking of, uh, I had one too. Yeah. Pat brought up in the Shock Monkey's Lair about uh, Back to the Future reboot. I, I oh, thought, yeah. Remake. I thought, thought that catch your eye. So... I, I love the idea and, you know, the speculation of, like, who you would get to cast in, you know, in a fantasy situation. But then I started thinking about the fact that uh, reasons why it will never happen. So I had to I had to go dig to, to find the info again because I remembered reading it. And um, so... Shooting down our dreams, Jeff. I know. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's never going to be a remake because both Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis have legally written into their contracts that they have complete control over the property so basically doesn't uh, mean they couldn't do it well no they here's 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 the quote from bob zemeckis he said that can't happen both gail and i are until both gail and i are dead and then i'm sure they'll do it unless there's a way our estates can stop it i mean to me that's outrageous especially since it's a good movie it's like saying let's remake citizen kane who are we going to get to play kane what folly what insanity is that why would Um, anyone do that halloween is just about the perfect horror movie they remade it yeah. that's not going to stop anything but i mean like i said they've got it written in their contracts that they so, can't universal can't re- reboot it re- remake it etc until while they're alive while they're alive yes so and there's a boardroom at universal right now and they're meeting with a assassin <laughs> and well i mean <laughs> let, wait wait we can go with the lone gunman theory jake huh? just you know do a little research Find out, like, where their kids go to school. <laughs> oh, no. what? what? No, Wait, what? what? No. Yeah, I better shut this uh, down. I'm not yeah. talking about the kids. Oh, oh, when they go to pick up the kids. No, no, no. I no, like your first thought <laughs> <laughs> because that's the future estate. So we get that's two birds estate. with one stone. Oh God. <laughs> 
Oh, views but of this show do not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't reflect much of anything of anyone and whatever. Anywhere. So oh. yeah, it. You know what? I'm. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I. I've really come around on the whole don't do something thing, and I'm like, go out there, do it. I want to see your version of it. What are you going to try to do? Because I think, I think a lot of it has to do with the open nature of the internet. It's like if they remade Citizen Kane, it's not like I could never see Citizen Kane. Exactly. So, I mean, there was a time when that actually could have been a real possibility, but it really isn't anymore. So it's like, get out there, do your shit. The only thing is, you know, stealing somebody's work and money, you know, revenue they deserve. But that's a different story from yeah. the, the creative suffocation sure. that some people I hear, you know, are in favor of. I mean, I, I, what gets me is like, you know, they always remake movies that are good. You know, the movies the that ones are that they timeless, know. the ones that they know are going to definitely generate a massive revenue stream. Yeah. Or, or at least they hope will because, you know, let's face it, there have been reboots sure. that have failed miserably. Robocop. Yeah, right? My thought has always been with all the shitty movies that got released that had a good idea at their core... Why aren't they rebooting slash remaking those? I hey, mean, remember that crappy movie? They're making it again. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it, it, it's a weird like contradiction. Think, but yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of what it is. Well, I mean, think like you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, not a very decent movie, but turned into a really popular cult classic TV series. Certainly, but so, I think changing that into a different format's a whole different creature. Well, that's the, yeah, that's I part think of it. If they remade but, Buffy the Vampire Slayer into a movie and made those changes, right, I might mean, not have. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I still think there's there's lots of properties that are ripe for and deserving of a second chance versus ones that were really good and really popular on their own. And oh, hey, that was already popular. Let's try to see if we can. You know, sure. capture lightning in a bottle again. Sure, which is why I'm all for a remake of Troll. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're eating her. It, it's funny. When, when you said that, the first thing I heard was crawl. You know. I, I thought that's what he said, too. But I'm then, fine then, with that, too. What about Braxis? Is it Braxis? A Braxis? There we go. Oh, my Abraxas. God. I think I used that to clean my dishes. No. There's a movie called The Braxis. Yeah. Dolph well, Lundgren? They also use it no. to clean evil. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's not it, Dolph Lundgren, was it? Was it Dolph Lundgren? I, you know what? No idea. I just know it's of that 80s yeah. fantasy genre. Bounty Hunter which, which Hell, why not go out? Remake Zardoz. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but keep the same costume designer. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Man, oh, man. Sean Anything else, gents? Connery is hairy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, anything else? Uh, um, I he's wearing. Can't a, think of anything. He's wearing, a, he's wearing a hair shirt. Yeah. Although I did, did you imagine like, him now. I did like that hair, but no, longer. I refuse that, lo but longer. <laughs> I think it was uh, John Bean Hastings uh, replying to uh, Andy's comment, and you know, I'll skip the the the, the actual like fact correcting. But I like these. Like, no, I don't scream at the podcast. I just kind of shake my head and sigh a little, or whatever it was. Oh yeah, uh, I gotta look it up now. Way to quote it. Way to quote it there, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> I had it. I had it in my head, and then we got onto another topic, I and I 
forgot. I like happens. that. I like the the name checking because people yes. are people are starting to respond. You know, like the like you know, Jigglemation. 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 Which thank you, DZ. Which may end up being the name of the show. <laughs> I hope so, because damn, that that damn, <laughs> that was. Uh, well, you're saying you need to watch this, huh? Oh yeah. Um, Philip K. Dick movie, not very well known. Uh, shit. I Giant, can't, Giant mnemonic. No, no, no. That's that's that that's William Gibson, dude. That's yeah. what I said. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's um, it's the the rotoscope animated thing that Rob Robert Downey Jr. was in. Uh, oh right, right. Keanu uh, Reeves, right? I I think so. And I can't um, remember. The I, I can't remember the title. I'm totally blanking. But it was kind of drug trippy and kind of weird. Jigglemation is a lot like that, okay. except that they actually they actually uh, for some of the characters they went full cartoony in the face, and that was one of the interesting things about it because there were parts of it that it's like okay, that's that's literally just painted over film. You could literally believe that the set was painted to look like a cartoon. Huh. But then you had the guy's face, and it's like, yeah, those proportions don't exist in reality. That's it. It's been very cartoonified, very weird and interesting. <clears throat> I know he's not here, but news you don't give a shit about. Don't. No, his, oh me! I, I never. I wouldn't do that. Okay, yeah. Don't I mean, that. I was gonna say his boner's gone. Uh, a, a scanner darkly is the name of a the scanner movie. darkly. I, that's it. It took yeah. me a second. Thank you. To, <laughs> do that little Andy. Thing. <laughs> That's a very little Andy. It's a little Andy. You got to do more like. Ah! Hey, he's got a boner again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got to be asleep by now, though. It's like this three is hours Andy later. we're talking about. Yeah. He oh, right, sleep. right. Andy doesn't sleep. That's Sorry, what, yeah, I forgot. Well, yeah. Not at the fair. That's Not true. in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> That was funny. He put up that picture, and when I look, that's what I yes. Go ahead, please. I I look at the picture, and I guess he's talking about the rain. But I see a picture of a candy apple kiosk. Yeah, and it was so funny too because the the candy part actually part of the light was off, so it actually looked like C A D Y uh candy so i'm uh apples so i'm like california do-it-yourself apples <laughs> you know and i enlarge a picture and i'm like oh candy apples candy apples are cutting into i actually was like what the fuck is he talking about and then i'm like oh the rain okay but yeah popcorn and and do-it-yourself apples frankly i wouldn't have got it for for everyone else's comments <laughs> on it because yeah i was looking at it going why is that are you People are hungry and they don't want caricatures. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't understand. Right. Caricature. You know, food. I have, I have Caricature. To say, food. Andy is the master of it, taking a picture of something without context and then making the commentary on it. And just you're like, am I supposed to figure out on my own <laughs> what you're trying to reference in your photograph? I think he really is. I think it's a written, a visual translation of Andy's. Thought process. Conversational style, which is to drop just enough to force you to go, what are you talking about? <laughs> and that's what that's what he wants. Because he'll stand there and stare at you triumphantly waiting for you to go, what? Can you explain? And so then he looks around the room with y- a stupid-ass smile. <laughs> and then he explains himself. 
(laughs) (laughs) Poor Andy. He really does take a beating when he's gone. He takes a beating when he's here. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, not not much is different. Oh, he'll come here with this list. Remember? Oh, my God. (laughs) It just... It's like 14 episodes ago, but he'll be like, remember this? And we're like, yeah. no. It's, he rolls that list out. It's like anti-Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't remember half of what we talked about 10 minutes after the show's done yeah. recording. So, you know, that was it was brought to our attention on the, uh, on the lair this week. And he did apparently talk about the bridge collapse. Yet no one in the, on the show and no one in the room remembered him talking about it. <laughs> Like I, I and the way he talked about it so nonchalantly last week, I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, there was a bridge collapse and people died. Why are we just now hearing about this? Well, apparently we did hear about it. <laughs> just none of us remembered. None of us cared. I don't. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. Those family members out there. <clears throat> where was no, it? Where was it? Oh, know? Florida. <laughs> oh, Flo- okay. <laughs> Anyways, what I was saying. Those yeah, family those family members. <laughs> Apparently in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) They don't give a shit about Ezra Miller, who starred as Barry Allen, a.k.a. The Flash, in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, and Justice League, is writing his own draft of his character's solo film, the latest developments in a long process that's included multiple directors and screenwriters so far. Miller is reportedly teaming up on the project with legendary DC Comics writer Grant Morrison, whose past credits include co-writing The Flash with Mark Miller in the ni- 1990s and the acclaimed run on JLA, among many others. Uh, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, who wrote uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and Game Night, have been on board the project as writers for more than a year, and their script apparently takes a lighter tone in the vein of their own past work and Warner Brothers' recent hit Aquaman, as well as the upcoming Shazam. Uh, Miller Shazam! who remains very committed to the Barry Allen character, wants a darker movie. And despite compromises with the writing team, sought to team up with Morrison and write his own draft, which Warner then hired him for. Now, there are larger stakes for the actor. Miller's holding deal that binds him to The Flash is reportedly up in May, and Warner Brothers could see the Miller-Morrison draft by next week. The movie is the latest in a long string of personnel shifts behind the camera on The Flash, which was originally set to be written by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse people. Also, Lord Miller ultimately departed the project as Seth Graham Smith came on board as director. Then Graham Smith left to make room for dope director Rick uh, Famuyiwa, Famuyiwa, who has also since departed. Uh, Daly and Goldstein were brought in last year to rewrite the film, which was ostensibly still set to be based on the DC Comics arc Flashpoint. And now Miller and Morrison have raised the prospect of a competing draft. All these developments were enough to lead to reports that the film will probably be pushed back as far as 2021. Because apparently it's both still up for 2020. Hmm. Wow. I just like that they want a darker Flash. Yeah, that's the thing that popped out at me, too. Yeah. Well, especially when you've already established the personality traits of that character yeah. through two films. It's like, and you want to go darker with I mean, now... He's hiding his pain. Now, I get Flashpoint is a pretty dark time in the Flash's history because, you know, he goes back and, you know, saves his mom. But that changes everything so dramatically that he's got to go back and undo it. 
but yeah, the up to the the decision where he has to go back and undo him saving his mother, really dark and really twisted because like all these things that he's known through his life, all these people that he's known are suddenly completely changed and you know not always for the better so i mean i can kind of get a darker take on it but at the same time i just don't think it would work for that character i get ezra miller wanting to do darker right as as an actor darker is more fun to play sure but i'm not sure that's where dc is now headed to they're they're trying to lighten things up at least as far as the yeah. Last two, two films have shown. I don't know. Maybe he and Miller write a great script. It could be. I mean, I just don't see that as, as a Or Morrison. Pers- sorry, Morrison. I just don't see that as fitting for Barry Allen personality. Sure, but this is the guy playing Barry sure. Allen. Right, well, yeah. The actor embodying that character. But is it, yeah, it's funny because really he his Barry Allen is kind of more Wally West- yeah, yeah, you it know, is. Barry, I've always taken as a serious uh, kind of professional hero. Yeah, he's know? he's or professional, he's, he's right. smart, Yeah, but he also has an extraordinarily positive outlook on life. Yes, yeah. Which, and, you know. And Wally acts yeah. like somebody that'd be named Wally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wally West definitely is just kind of, uh, you know, winging it the whole time mm-hmm. it's like well i'm gonna try this and if it doesn't work i'll try something else yeah. <laughs> like and you know like like so many things uh the animated series the justice league animated wally west was a damn good actually interpretation yeah. of that that form of the character that was pretty good so uh you know whatever well, whatever we'll Let's see this is probably not the last chapter in the ever unfolding no. yeah oh. besides we got flash on tv it's we're fine fun. point a fine uh, Thank you. Thank you. What? <laughs> well, for one more season, that's it. Oh, no. No, that's Arrow. That's Arrow. Arrow's oh, ending early. Wrong one. <laughs> Flash, Flash is the highest rated of their... That's right. DCCW. That's series, right. So. Two seasons. Yeah. It could be two more seasons, yeah. Boom. News you don't give a shit about. Film review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes has recently been altering its outreach, layout, and offerings in the wake of several scandals where online mobs have overwhelmed the site with misinformation. There's been alt-right bots sent to tank The Last Jedi's audience score and perturbed men leaving bad reviews of Captain Marvel before the film even came out in wide release. Uh, they've even been hitting Star Wars Episode Nine, and that movie doesn't have a real title yet. Uh, Ghostbusters, Black Panther, seemingly any genre film that attracts negative, politically driven attention has been the victim of this focused defamation. In an effort to make necessary changes, the site recently removed the Want to See score, which is where much of this review bombing has taken place. They've also disabled the comments section until the film's premiere... But now, Rotten Tomatoes is moving to a more concrete measures. The site is considering making non-critic users verify that they've seen the film before posting an audience review. The catalyst for that change, Captain Marvel, hasn't seemingly seen any financial impact from the attempted fraud, but it's a hassle for a company that would like to remain the go-to for those seeking real opinions from people who have seen the movie. So they're... Rotten Tomatoes is still working on things to improve the accuracy of 
their critical reviews. Well, it's like it's I wonder how they'd verify it. So like that's the a answer good critical question. plot that, points. Cool. I guess maybe. Yeah, there's probably yeah. they'll probably give you like a couple of questions that you have to you know like like multiple and, and choice, and you have to check the ones that are accurate. Midway through the movie, does Ronan look left or right? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, well, well that, that's the thing. If they do that, couldn't that just be answered by somebody's yeah. condensed written story? Selfies. You got a selfie midway through the movie. <laughs> <laughs> See, I saw the motherfucker. Now you can take a picture of your ticket, but you can use someone else's picture of a ticket. That's um, yeah, that's true. I, yeah. I, it'll be interesting how they uh, read someone else's summary. Then you might be able to answer the questions they have about yeah. the movie. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm curious as how this possibly could roll forward. It, um, years ago, we talked about the Hugo Awards, where yes. some right wing assholes had figured out how to game the system. And they actually uh, disrupted a couple years of the awards before the system could be changed, altered a bit. Um, so, I mean, it, it's basically what Rotten Tomatoes is going through right now. Is just the system was easy to game if you were if you had asshole intention, which is you know something that goes back to 4chan, right? Uh, uh, Justin Bieber's concert in North Korea and Bodie McBoatface. Right. You know, they, they figure out, they know it, it's easy enough to game this shit. Was and it Send Pitbull to Alaska? Was yeah, that what we was, talked about on yeah, our show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, it, uh, it, it just shows that, you know, we're still in the early stages of this internet communication thing and, and figuring shit out because a lot of it can be, can be gamed. Which, you know, it, it's just a natural process, really. Yeah, it's it, just any any technology that can make things easier can be used for both good and oh, bad. Oh, yeah. And I think and, that's the key there, too, Jeff, is easier. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is easy for a handful of assholes to totally take a shit yeah. on something on a global scale. Blows the mind. It blows the mind that and, you know, and that's like the thing that go I go back to a couple weeks ago. Why I feel it's important to challenge this stuff. Sure, uh, a lot of people make the argument of don't feed the yeah, trolls. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, well, there's don't feed the trolls, and then there's those that are having an impact. And I think a lot of that, um, <coughs> a lot of that comes from challenging. You just yeah. have to challenge. You, even if it is point and mock. Sure. You you need to, which is one reason why I stick to a lot of that stuff. Clark Gregg actually had a really good interview on uh, Nerdist News. Um, it was mostly about sh uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming back, but when they talked about him being in Captain Marvel, he basically said the same thing you're saying, you know, about challenging these, these you know, small-minded people that were attacking the film and saying, look, until you see the film... You shouldn't be saying things about the film because you don't know the content of the film. And he went on to to also praise Brie Larson and you know uh, talking about you know it was it was a movie that he Brie took Larson. his daughters to because <laughs> you know he thought it was a positive role model, you know, be it a fictional role model, but a very positive portrayal of female empowerment. And you know, so I thought that was. Uh, Really good of him to say in the interview. Yeah. But it, um, it's definitely worth watching. It's on Nerdist News. I, I sort of came around when, what the fuck was it? Brave. Brave, uh, the, the, the cartoon yes. that came out. Because, I, I, you know, it was all right. 
it didn't do much for me, but I kept reading female friends and, and women I knew talking about it and really enjoying talking about the relationship between her and the mother and even some of them commenting on as a daughter with the father and and female relationships and stuff like that and it wasn't even in like a feminist agency way it was just talking about the relationships from a woman's perspective that i was sort of i i understood a lot better what people are talking about when they say, you know, more movies speaking to a different type of perspective like that. So, and definitely, as we'll get into when we talk this, when we hit spoiler segment, you know, you saw that in Captain Marvel. Um, I think w the criticism that really drives me up the wall, actually, is when <clears throat> people sit there and attribute a lot of uh, problem decisions to the pure SJW agenda as opposed to looking at, you know, more more nuances. I, I'm watching, I literally was in the middle of this YouTube video uh, when I left to come here of a guy who actually said why I loved Last Jedi. And he's going point for point for stuff. And he's criticizing the movie. He's pointing out mistakes and flaws. But he's also explaining a lot of stuff that people had a problem with and it's really funny because he almost comes at it from a political perspective but it's a political perspective of you're being so wrapped up in this kind of judgment you're not seeing probably where they actually came from to make this decision and one of them was like luke he totally totally deconstructs and breaks down where luke is and basically does a pretty good job of arguing Ryan Johnson had no choice but to do what he did with Luke because of the setup in Force Awakens. Text me that link for that YouTube video. Yeah. I, I want to watch it. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's but also like that uh, uh, Frank Oz responding <laughs> on Twitter yeah. to, to the, the person saying that Yoda was not very Yoda-like. And he's like, he's like uh, what was it? He's like, I know the character quite intimately, and this is definitely... You know, uh, yeah, is characteristics of the yeah very Yoda like. Mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I I saw that and I'm like, it's one of the few times I go on Twitter and I'm like, you know what? That's that's just so perfect. I can't even you can't you can't top that. It was beautiful and then beautifully laughable when the fans planning started going after him, going, I think the fans know better than the person that's running yeah. the acting puppet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah fan, you know better That's, than the creators. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, by the way, a side note, Todd, speaking of Twitter, uh, that thread you linked to of the uh, Muslim teacher talking about her feeling on ISIS. Yeah, on Twitter, she goes by Ms. Entropy. <clears throat> yeah, holy mackerel. That was, that was a nice articulation of, uh, of a Muslim's viewpoint of that. And... Um, I uh, I really liked it because it was sort of like it's such, it's really hard to talk about that when people are going after Muslims and and angry and she really did a nice job of laying out yeah, she, um, she, that perspective. She is a university professor and she did a very uncomfortable lecture uh, that she asked her students if they wanted to hear it. And then she pretty much transcribed that lecture onto Twitter, and it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I, I retweeted it uh, yesterday yeah. if you want to. It's it. it's a long read, but it's a very good breakdown of how uh, of when people are 
do, playing the whole Islam is evil and Muslims are, are uh, bad people, they're actually playing into ISIS propaganda. Yeah, that, that you are mm. a propagandist for ISIS. Yeah, yeah. So you're letting them win at that point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, she's a counterterrorism expert, and that's what yeah. she teaches. Yeah, that was interesting, too, when she was talking about that. And also just talking about ISIS's two-pronged propaganda assault. Like, you know, when we think jihadis are being recruited, it's all about mayhem and destruction. And actually, the, the, the recruitment arm for for Muslims is an entirely different tact from the hate Islam because it's so terrible uh, route, which well, was really illuminating and a very, very good thing to say. Yeah, ISIS promises a utopia, a national place that you'll be taken care of. I think the one of the things that struck me on this, I'm going to get off this topic real soon, but one of the things that struck me in that whole thing is that in Saudi Arabian culture and Middle Eastern culture, Islamic culture, there is no uh, end life care for senior citizens. The families take care of that. There are no places to just nursing homes. Nursing homes. Nursing homes. Yeah. That nursing does homes not long term care. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's not just a Muslim thing, though. That, sure. Yeah. But it. But ISIS is promising that care for the the elderly. That sort of thing. But yeah, check it out if you want to read it. It's it's out there. Mis misentropy. And it's time for Week of Geek! Ba, 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 ba. Hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. James Gunn is returning to Marvel Studios. Yay! <laughs> All right, we can tweet. end the episode now. <laughs> <laughs> Less than a year after he was fired from the company following the resurfacing of offensive tweets from years prior, Gunn has been rehired as the writer and director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the franchise he launched back in 2014. Gunn's rehiring is a decision that was reportedly made some time ago after meetings with Walt Disney Studios President Alan Horn, who was convinced by Gunn's public apology and refusal to attack Disney over its decision to fire him. Gunn was let go from Marvel in the midst of San Diego Comic-Con last July after alt-right websites resurfaced years-old tweets. In a public apology regarding the tweets, Gunn made it clear that the statements were made as provocative jokes in keeping with his image as a shock filmmaker at the time and did not reflect his values or lifestyle. Though a number of conservatives called for the firing and praised Disney's decision, the resulting support for Gunn was also swift and massive. A fan petition to rehire him garnered hundreds of thousands of signatures, various filmmakers came to his defense, and the Guardian's cast got in on it. Dave Bautista, who plays Drax in the films, was particularly outspoken defender of Gunn and made it clear he would not stay silent about Gunn's firing. Eventually, the entire main Guardian's cast, including Pratt, Zaldana, Cooper, Van Diesel, uh, Jillian, uh, Michael Rooker, and of course Bautista, released a statement in support of their director. Uh, Gunn's return to Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will not conflict with his work at Warner Brothers on the Suicide Squad reboot. Yay. The new arrangement with Marvel will allow Gunn to complete that film, which will feature new direction, new characters, before moving back to Guardians. His script for Volume 3 was reportedly always going to be used for the film, even before his rehiring, and despite reports that Adam McKay and Taika Watiti were considered... Disney never came close to hiring another filmmaker for the project, which was instead pushed indefinitely. Gunn posted to Twitter for the first time since July after the news broke, expressing thanks for all the support that led to the decision 
and to Disney for their reconsideration. Fucking yay. Yeah. And yay, it sound- <clears throat> yay. Triple yay. Yay. Because that means I don't have a fucking choice to make anymore. I get to see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And you can put your Marvel stuff back out. I started doing it. He already has. Look. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I noticed it, too. When I got home. I was like, wait, Thanos is back. What? Did, did, did Gunn get rehired or something? <laughs> oh, no. I, I sent out well, yeah, you, I know. the mass tweet. Because <laughs> it was so weird. Because I, I woke up. The the day that it happened, I woke up. You had and a boner. You're like, oh <laughs> shit, gun got what? rehired. Was Andy here? What the hell's going on? And like Google now like suggests article like in my notification Uh-oh. center articles that I might be interested in. Uh-oh. And the first thing that I saw was, I got dead, that too. Deadline yeah. reports James Gunn rehired. But when I read the article, Disney had yet to confirm it. Three hours later, Disney confirmed it, and I was like. Fuck yeah! So I sent out the text to everybody because, you know, that was that was like. At first, I thought, "Is this a joke? Is this a fake article? Yeah, really. Is this this rumor?" Yada yada. I so yeah. I I didn't send it out immediately, going because I'm like, "Yeah, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop." But as soon as uh, uh, both Deadline and uh, a couple other places like IO9, Gizmodo, were able to confirm with Disney, that's when I was like, "Okay, good." Finally, you guys came to your senses. Happy news. Good week. Yay. Yep. I, yeah, I couldn't be happier. And we got a new Suicide Squad out of it. So, yay. Yeah. Overall, yeah. everything worked out for the better. Go gun. It's very cool. And it, it's funny, too, because reading the articles, it sounded like, actually, they've been just giving it time. Yeah. That f- for a while now, they're like, all right, all right well, yeah, we're going to rehire, and we just, just keep quiet, and let's just take it easy for a while, and then we'll... Then we'll do it, which is even cooler. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think from a botch job of handling things in the initial stages to uh, recovering from it, they did a really good job. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta, I agree with that statement. So, so that's cool. Yay, gun! I'm glad he's back at it and looking forward to. What if he can negotiate it? Is like uh, put an extra zero there. I don't know. I, I don't know. It, you know. I think just based on the way he's handled. I know he probably the same. He probably just said. He probably just said, "Grateful to be back," and probably yeah. just. Yeah. Let well, he it. probably is happy, and and you know. But before it, he was also one of the architects for the third level of storytelling. Yeah. F- for Marvel's next run, so. I expect he'll be back in that seat again. That'll be cool. Like and I'm, I'm envisioning a sideshow Bob when he won the mayor's race. <laughs> and you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, and hats off to Batista. I just yeah. loved him just standing up and just, you know. Yep. Even when, he's, when people started getting annoyed, I was like, yeah, good on you, Batista. You just don't let this die. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck him. Go for it, man. DC Universe, the online streaming service, is giving people a free taste. Oh, that's how it starts. (laughs) Just like heroin. First taste is always free. They call it the Jeff method. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, baby. It's a free taste. (laughs) Is giving people a free taste of three of its original series for a limited time. The service is giving everyone free access to the first episodes of Titans, Doom Patrol, and Young Justice Outsiders. No registration or payment information is needed. The episodes will be available free of charge through Friday, March 29th. So you got like a week left. (sighs) 
All right. We, we lost some people this week. We lost a lot of people. The Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America, SFWA, reports that Janet Asimov died on February 25th at the age of 92. Asimov enjoyed a long career as a psychiatrist, a nonfiction and science writer, and a science fiction and mystery author, the latter both on her own and in collaboration with her late husband, sci-fi legend Isaac Asimov. Together, the couple penned a series of 11 children's sci-fi books based around a robot named Norby. Isaac was later quoted as saying that Janet did 90% of the work on the stories, but that his name was also wanted on the book by the publisher for marketing purposes. In addition, Janet continued her husband's popular science column in the Los Angeles Times after his death. Among her novels were The Last Immortal from 1980, Mind Transfer from 88, The Package in Hyperspace, and Murder at the Galactic Writers' Society in 1995, and her last novel, a historical fiction tale called The House Where Isadora Danced, came out in 2009. Also... Larry DeTio, a genre-based television writer most known for co-creating the character of She-Ra with J. Michael Straczynski, has died. DeTio's other writing credits can be found in He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, Rock and Wrestling, Centurions, Galaxy High School, Bionic 6, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future, The Real Ghostbusters, Swamp Thing, Deadly Nightmares, Hypernauts, and Beast Wars Transformers. Yeah, I remember, wrote a lot of cartoons. I remember reading yeah, his list of credits, and I was just like, jeez, all of the things that we grew up with. Isn't that something? It's all you, in here. When you discover that through red, through, ugh, that through uh, thread yeah. that runs, you know, all so much stuff connected together that you had no idea. Yeah. It's like, wow, this person was, was part of a lot of shit that I loved. And yeah, a lot, of, a lot of our formative years, yeah. Okay. So. Crazy. Also, three-time Oscar-nominated production designer and art director William J. Kreber died. He was designed. He designed some of the most iconic sci-fi and action films of the '60s and '70s, including Irwin Allen's classics *The Poseidon Adventure* and *Towering Inferno*. Oh yes, Kreber was 87. He was the, an artistic director for 1970s *Beneath the Planet of the Apes* and 1971's *Escape from the Planet of the Apes*, <laughs> making him responsible for the look and feel of three out of the five original films. He also, in a twist of irony befitting any disaster, survival movies he helped create helped redesign the Universal Studios backlot itself after it was damaged in a fire. Also, the Hollywood makeup master that directed Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood, Troll, and Ghoulies Go to College. Those are some good <laughs> fucking credits right there. Hey, listen, Friday the 13th Part 7 is still my favorite Friday the 13th ever. Uh, What's that one? That's that's uh, Carrie versus Jason. <sighs> that sounds great. I gotta no, watch that. That's Jason goes to college. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. Hi, I'm I'm Carrie. What's your name? Uh, John Carl Buchler, whose uh, Hollywood horror makeup and special effects made movies like Hatchet, Deep Freeze, and Michael Moriarty starred a troll into classic Fright Fest. Says died. He is 66. Besides completing creature effects for classic genre picks like Stuart Gordon's Reanimator, one of the best horror effects makeups ever, yeah, and Ghoulies, uh, Buchler directed such films as Troll, Cellar Dweller, and New Blood. His FX work also showed up in Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, Halloween, Ghoulies, Ghoulies 2, The Garbage Pale Kids, and Steven Spielberg's Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. 
dude was awesome. Yep. Last year, we learned that Marvel Studios is developing a new film starring uh, Shang-Chi, the martial artist superhero created in 1973 by Steve Englehart and Jim Starlin. The project was reportedly fast-tracked with Asian-American writer Dave Callahan, who's writing Wonder Woman 1984, working on the script. Now the studio has found a director. Uh, Destin Daniel Cretton is Marvel Studios' choice to helm Shang-Chi, moving the film one step closer to finding a star and eventually a release date. Cretton broke out in 2013 with his drama Short Term 12, which he adapted from his own short film of the same name. The film made multiple top ten lists that year and earned multiple accolades from both uh, for both Cretton and its star, Brie Larson, who went on to star in the just-released Captain Marvel for Marvel Studios. Initially created during the martial arts cinema craze in the 70s, Shang-Chi joins the ever-growing field of developing projects that will reshape the MCU following the events of, Ender, of Avengers Endgame. Ender's Game. <laughs> Ender's Game. Avengers Ender's Game. <laughs> well, at that time, everybody was kung fu fighting. This is so, true. you know, makes sense. Uh, that field uh, already includes a, a Black Widow movie, sequels to Black Panther and Doctor Strange, and an Eternals film. I, um... Man, it just like twenty years ago, it would have been. I, I would have loved a, uh, maybe thirty years ago, a Donnie Yen Shang Chi. Oh, that that would have yeah. been. that would have been cool. So, I wonder. I wonder who they will go with. It'll be. It'll be very interesting. I also wonder if are they. I, uh, they probably even can't touch on the Fu Manchu connection because that's that was a significant part of it which i didn't even really know um but i know that marvel has kind of stepped away from that whenever they do recent stuff with sure with, probably for good reason yeah so <laughs> but uh it, it yeah i don't know that, that that'll be cool when that comes out in the midst of all the news around disney's galaxy edge opening at walt disney world another ride has been breaking ground and will now start taking shape. The Tron Light Cycle Power Run. Inspired by the Tron and Tron Legacy films and based on the Shanghai Disneyland's ride of the same name, the Disney Parks blog is reporting that the new ride has made it to a Disney milestone. The project team members have signed their names on the initial steel report support columns that will be used in its construction, uh, which they do for every ride. Announced back in 2017's D23 Expo, the ride is slated to open in 2021 as part of Walt Disney's 50th anniversary celebrations and will be part of an entirely new expansion of Tomorrowland. Seen some footage of that Tron ride in Shanghai Disneyland. Right. That looks great. I can't wait to ride it here in the States. Dude, you can ride Tron. As yeah. a kid, that wasn't supposed to happen, but, and it's right. happening. But those right-angle turns, that's that's like some major <laughs> G-force. Yeah, yeah. That's why they supply the helmets and the, and the neck braces. It's, <laughs> neck it's brace. just part of the whole thing. Hmm. But yeah, the ride looks great, the Shanghai version. So I At night time, is it all like lit up and shit? With I the... believe it's indoors anyway. Oh, okay. So, I got, uh, you just talked about Or at least galaxies. partially indoors. Galaxy's Edge there for a second. I got an email invitation to set up a reservation to go to Galaxy's Edge. And then as I scrolled down through, I realized, oh, the uh, the one resistance ride is not going to be open until the fall. Oh, wow. 
Uh, well, it doesn't actually have a specific opening date. It just said the opening later. So uh, the only ride that will be open when Galaxy's Edge opens is the Millennium Falcon ride. And then I guess some of the other areas perhaps might not open right away. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. <laughs> yeah, waiting's no. good. Yeah, I, I was I was good. I was all about. It's like yeah, I can make a reservation. Wait, do I want to go that early when nothing's working properly and everyone's crammed into the things that are? Yeah, yeah sure. exactly. I'm like I'll wait until the fall. Yep. All right. If you have not seen Captain Marvel, this is your spoiler warning time. From here on on, we're gonna talk about Captain Marvel completely with spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, uh, go see it and uh, come back to this part of the show and uh, and uh, join in on the discussion. So, gentlemen, talk to me about Captain Marvel. I love the soundtrack. Yeah, soundtrack was great. Yeah, it's an interesting place to start. But yes, yes. Well, I think well, a lot of movies. It's it's if, it's if you have a good soundtrack to help to yes. help not to drive but to help drive the storyline. I think it definitely makes a huge impact on the success of the movie. I will say one thing about the soundtrack. They should have thrown in some garbage. They did throw in they some did. garbage. What? I, I'm only happy when it rains. That's a garbage song. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> and I believe there's one that rolls during the credits, too. It's another Never garbage mind. song. I'm done. But the only thing that would have been better is if Matt had been like, it sucked. It was awful. They didn't have garbage in it. Fuck them. They just, you know, they didn't know what they were doing. There was garbage in it. Oh. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm going to heap praise on this movie because I really enjoyed myself watching this movie. I did too. I had such a good time. Uh, but since we started with music, uh, using Just a Girl during the fight scene was kind of a little on the nose, ham-fisted, I thought, as a music choice. I, that, that When that started, that when the, the beginning of the No Doubt song kicks in, I'm like, I get why you're using this, but it's really taking me out of the moment. Well, the, the scene itself... I had a I, I was I was not too entranced with so I like the action, but you it mean, was what, what you're talking about like the the silly moments where she's still trying to kind of this, this is no, the, no, no, no the this is scene. this is the fight um, scene between fight her yeah. and the Cree as they're yeah. trying to escape with the she's, right well I mean I meant like the silly moments where she's like you know doesn't realize how powerful she is and like launches herself across the room hits the thing and goes gets up and then has the smile on her face like oh I didn't know I could do that. And then goes into it. Is that what you're kind of sort of? Kind of sort of. The stakes in that scene weren't too high for me. I, I thought it was a little early for me. It was a little early in the movie for her to be as comfortable as she was using her power. Which because that's the moment where she takes off the restraining bolts, if right, you will. Well, and yeah. so I can see where you're coming with you that. Know, so uh, because she has, you know, the big space fight scene. So for me, it was just, uh, I mean, it, yeah, it just, it kind of was weird. And yeah, the, the, that song, I was not as enamored. I loved the songs, but the use of the soundtrack, I wasn't as enamored as a lot of people were. So, you know. For also, me, also Ronin's character, okay, so Lee Pace, he looked a little bit different in this one. Well, yeah, and he's he looks younger. Number one, and then what, number two, uh, dude, it happened it twenty look, years ago. He also yeah. doesn't have the 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 streaky shit that because I was the same way. Yeah, I was like, that's not Leap Pit. Yeah, what? go I, go back and I'm watch like, the very beginning of Guardians because they kind of go into the whole why he looks the way he yeah, does yeah. in in Guardians of the Galaxy versus 
just as an accuser in mm-hmm. in this movie. So it, it makes a big difference. I did like that. The, uh, the you continuity? Know, the, the accuser. Well, the, the accusers. Yeah. You know, like, uh, oh, we don't want the accusers to get involved because they'll just fucking nuke the whole thing yeah. from orbit. You know, we're the special ops team. And I kind of like that approach. The I managed to not find out that Jude Law was Yonrog. So that was a great twist because I know enough about Marvel, Captain Marvel, to, to know who Yonrog is. I thought it was interesting. They only said his name like once in the whole movie. Otherwise, it was Commander. Commander yeah, Commander, yeah, Commander, it, it, yeah. It was. It was. It was nice. It was nicely done. I honestly didn't hide. know about his character. I didn't yeah. know who that character yeah, was. Yeah, in the comic, oh. he's the because in the comic, Captain Marvel is a Kree spy. He's basically there to prep Earth, or prep Earth uh, for invasion. You know, the Kree are going to come in, take over. Yon Rog is his overseer, and it gets a hard on for him when Marvel goes just like native. Andy. Just like Andy. Just like Andy. It, it's all over the place. But, you know, uh, uh, when uh, Marvel goes native and decides to protect Earth from the Kree, and Yon-Rog in, you know, is, is one, his first major antagonist. Okay. So, so that actually, if I had seen that, that would have given everything up for me, and I would, it would have totally. So that was cool. That was actually pretty cool. And the Skrull thing. The the scrolls that was a yeah that oh, was, the, that was yeah, quite the, a surprise the, the twist line, yeah. the twist there yeah. that was really neat you Ben Mendelsohn just yeah. killed it as that as the Kree commander because wow scroll scroll commander. commander excuse me Talos excuse me yeah. Talos the untamed yeah. well in the comic he's the untamed but yeah he's a he's yeah. a um wait. No, I'm thinking of a different guy. Yeah. I'm thinking uh Cree guy. But way to make it guy. like as they start to develop a a friendship, the line where he's like, My hands are just as dirty as yours and this whole filthy thing, but has to start somewhere and the whole friendship moving forward between him and and uh and Carol Danvers yeah. I thought was really good and, and, and done so so perfect for that particular moment of the film. But yeah, and and going through two thirds of the film, not really knowing the motivation of the scrolls. You know, are they really this big menace that needs to be wiped out? And then finding, wow, they're refugees, and there's only a few thousand of them left throughout the universe, and they're just trying to escape genocide. That's that was I thought was a powerful way to uh, to flip that upside down. Yeah, from what we're used to with the scrolls, secret invasion is really the only thing about the scrolls because i mean i as i've said before i'm not a huge marvel fan i've read a lot of stuff that's the popular things but i haven't read like the entire depths of the back sure. catalog and and few have few have yeah the, I, the whole cat thing i love <laughs> the, the flirting. i had to look up what a flirkin was to figure out the whole tentacle thing and then how it was able to swallow the tesseract and uh once i looked all that up i was like okay i get it now and but <laughs> the whole thing with Fl- with Fury, that was another thing with, with Fury's uh, eye Flurgan. throughout the whole. Uh, Flurgan, highly dangerous. Okay, contain it. We're going to put it. It's not Hannibal Lecter. It's a cat. Human male, low threat to no threat. Okay. <laughs> I just meant like the, the running gag of Fury getting hit in the eye oh, yeah. with the ice pack on the eye. Uh, at one point, he gets slammed into the file cabinets right on his eye, and it's the freaking flirkin' scratch that is the, the whole reason that he wears the eye I, patch. I love that that's the reason he wears oh, the eye patch. That, you see, funny, it's funny because I, I didn't like that. 
You did. I, I think it kind of deflated the top, the tires on Fury's badassery. So I was just sort of like, I mean, I was amused by it, mm-hmm. but when I gave it some thought, I'm like, that's that's not the story I would I wanted to hear. I think it made sense for like when he talks about he's been riding a desk for the last six years trying to figure out where the next threat is coming from. Because you look at him, he's a little pudgier than he appears when you see him in the badass leather cape and or, or leather overcoat rather and head shaved and the eye patch. Sure, so I, I think that pushed forward to the argument that it's that moment that makes him start to become a badass. Yes, yeah, it's like he was uh, when he was a badass spy, but then he wrote a desk and then realized, holy shit, this is what I have to deal with right now. I have to be ready. So writes the Avengers Initiative and then gets himself back into spy shape, which makes him the mysterious Nick Fury. That right. That's made. why I decided to get in spy shape myself. I think okay. I'm doing real well. I'm uh-huh. All right. Oh, you're a shape, but yeah. not spy shape. Yeah, I'm, wow. getting shape. I'm getting a shape, and the shape I've chosen is a pair. Yeah, that's like me, too. <laughs> Both of us. Form of a blob. <laughs> uh, Brie Larson, I thought. Mm, Brie Larson. Really did a great job with the character. Um, I, I mentioned last week I thought that the review that I had read where they said that she was very stiff, cardboard-like, and, and not very funny, I thought, no, she actually embodied the sense of humor of that character, that very dry, quirky sense of humor. And, I, and I'm like, because like, when she's telling those stupid jokes, I'm getting that because that's the kind of sense of humor that I have. Sure. So I thought of you. <laughs> and also having Zing. been and also having been around pilots all my life that's how pilots are especially when they're around other pilots so it's it for me i guess maybe it's a different perspective clearly they hung around i mean if you saw the credits the the thunderbirds were a big part of the uh, the production and um they were involved in a lot of the technical uh, Are you tough enough? <laughs> Not those Thunderbirds. The Air Force Thunderbirds. Oh. <laughs> the technical cons- consultation. Wow. So, um, in fact, they even dedicated the very end of the film. Apparently, one of them passed away during the right. production. Oh, yeah. Thunderbird 4. That. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I thought her character was very reminiscent of somebody who was an Air Force pilot, wasn't able to get into combat, chose a different path to try to you know, make something me- do something meaningful with this talent that she was given to fly these aircraft and then is imbued with these incredible powers from the tesseract that she i love that connection that. yeah i love that connection because that I was, surprised me i thought and i think it was a red herring that they were deliberately leading us down was was she had like a um, uh, uh, a Coulson thing. Yeah. There's going to be a transfer of the blood and that right. just made her blood. And then you find out that actually, no, the Tesseract came first and, and then, then Yon Rog, yep. blah, blah, blah. And I, it was just like the Tesseract. Ah, oh, that's actually cool. It also explains why it's just her. Yeah. Because w- why in the hell aren't they just pumping humans full of blood and right. making them into warrior slaves? Because they really do the mi- whole misdirect thing at the beginning of the film. Like, yeah. you know, what What is given can be taken away. Nice And it's like the job. only thing they really did give her was the healing ability and the extended life from the Kree blood yeah. transfusion. But yeah. the Tesseract gave her... And it, what's interesting is like you saw in, in Captain Marvel, or excuse me, Captain America, the first Avenger... 
that the Tesseract powering different weapons have has different effects. So it's almost like the Tesseract was consciously choosing what abilities to imbue right. in the different things. that. So it's almost like when she destroyed that engine that drew its power from the Tesseract, it was almost like the Tesseract chose what power set to give her. Mm-hmm. Almost like what to infuse in her. It's funny when you put it that way, too, because yeah. th- then instantly you go to Infinity War yeah. and into First Avenger with the Red Skull, yep. where the Tesseract boots him to the, the plant Vormir yep. to uh, shepherd the uh, Soul Stone, which is, was, was, you know, that was just wonderfully cool and ironic and Absolutely. just neat overall. I, I love that connection. I love that, that angle of her. I didn't have a problem with her comic book origin, although it, it was kind of weird because she essentially wished herself <laughs> to have powers. But uh, this one, that was a really neat setup. Yeah. And, and the whole the whole through line, even Annette Benning's Marvel yeah. and all of that actually that surprised that, me. That worked well for me, yeah. I, I, I was surprised by Annette Benning being the Marvel because it wasn't spoiled leading up to is i mean you're thinking there oh okay well no this is just somebody she worked with the supreme intelligence is taking on her form to get inside her head and and then you find out oh no they actually completely changed marvell's origin that's pretty awesome Mm -hmm. i was first introduced to the character of captain marvel through the tsr marvel role-playing game oh right that would be rambo and that would be monica rambo uh, which is the african-american Captain marvel yeah and so when I found out that her best friend, last name is Rambo, and her daughter is Monica, yep. And Fury talking about maybe you one day or whatever. When they had that little discussion, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I got really excited with that little Easter egg. I don't, I don't suppose it actually is the reason, but part of me is sort of like, me, is that why it was set in the '90s? Because I still can't put a handle on why exactly the '90s. And really, aging Monica is the one thing that fits in there perfectly. Yeah, she for, could be a, a you know, you know a, na- nowadays yeah. she would be the right age to you sure. know be running yeah, around with her 20, own powers. Yeah, she'd be twenty four years older. So it's sort of like, but it's also know. a way to shoehorn this Marvel character into Avengers yeah, Endgame. Endgame, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but you could. Yeah. I mean, wh- why not ten years ago? Why not? Uh, 15 years ago, right before Stark, just right before uh, Fury shows up in Stark's house. The timing was just bizarre for me. Once it's established that she goes off into space, you can come up with any reason why she isn't around to solve problems. There are people talking about that. There's lots of shit going on out there. Well, even Feige said in an interview, he's like, one of the interviewers asked me, was like, so if he's had this ability to, to contact her all this time, why did he wait so long, you know, with the, the Chitauri invasion, Ultron, uh, Ultron and, and then he's like, well, how do you know he hasn't called her? So it's almost like they're setting up future Captain Marvel movies. Like sure. maybe she has come in when the well, shit has hit the fan prior to him getting the current version of the Avengers and together. Maybe maybe problems were solved yeah. before she could get in because they actually say in the end credits bit that it's been going off for like three weeks. So it's three weeks from when he hit the button to when she shows up on Earth. Yeah. And uh, maybe like when he did that with the Chitari invasion, yeah. she like checks in with him and he's like, oh, don't worry about it. 
Because it is supposed to be a two-way pager, so... Exactly. So, you know, she could check in. One of the mysteries that maybe that's why Fury turned to dust, because he can't answer that to give her, you know, to tell her what's going on. She Uh has to make the Uh three-week run to Earth because he's not answering after he said, emergency, emergency. And then that 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 would be that line where she's like, where's Yeah, where's Nick Fury? Fury? Yeah, and that that whole bit was cool. Because I thought... And once again, it, it the movie was nice on a lot of the redirection and 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 sending you in the wrong, you yeah. Because I thought that that was just going to end with Scarlett Johansson being like, "Well, I want to know where the blah blah no blah, blah, blah. turns around," and there she is. Yeah, she's right there. And 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 I was not expecting that, and it was cool because I thought they were gonna, oh yeah, see, she just might be showing up, folks. And well, no, she shows up. She's there. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was actually neat. All right, so I want to pose this question. For someone who has never seen and wants to start the Marvel movies, is this a good start to watch the Marvel movies? Uh, That's a tough tough question to answer (laughs) because with all the Easter eggs that are in there and the way that it ties into the bigger universe, if you don't know why the Tesseract is important... You almost have to start okay, with, with Captain first America, Avenger. the first Avenger. Yeah, and then yeah. go to this one. And then yeah. move into this one and and then all the other films that feature the Tesseract, including it, Avengers. It could be fun to start there, but yeah, I I think actually I'm I'm pretty much sold now on whenever people ask where do I start this series, you know, it's start like Start it with Iron Man. Start with the first. Yeah. Just just go with the first because you're seeing it develop as they developed it, and if you go in another order, sometimes inconsistencies or any little you know deviations could confuse you and make you go, "What the fuck is going on?" Well, yeah, and it's clear that they had a rudimentary outline of where they wanted right. to go with yeah. the movie series, but that they made course corrections along the way. Right. So, yeah, starting with with Iron Man and then mm-hmm. moving on through the films, I think you see where they've kind of decided to... You know what? That would work because Iron Man talks a lot about Stark and Stark this and his father. Yeah. And, oh, uh, he was with... Uh, he doesn't mention Steve Rogers at all, right? And Iron Man, I don't think so. Nah. But Although that would make shield, sense for I First Avengers is... because the father's in that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and then you got then you could get confusing bits, like when Fury is the protector initiative, and then he sees that her call sign mm-hmm. is Avenger. And I was like, well... Captain America was the first Avenger. What? Uh, all right, fine. That's cute, but really, that's right there with the eye. For me, that's right there with the eye. It's like, I'll, I'll, let, you guys are getting too cute now. <laughs> so, I like the costume thing. Yeah. Although it's funny how the little girl just instantly knew how to oh, operate yeah, yeah. her wristband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, really? It's an alien tech, and this little girl's like, oh, yeah. oh this color. Oh, well, it's, this- just, it's just like the video games. Listen, the young kids go to the technology like that. Man. There you go. Mm-hmm. Just like that. It's in their blood. I did like, though, where the, when they're changing the outfit, you saw a couple of different versions of the outfits, uh, the Star Force and Captain Marvel herself. Yeah. I has like worn, the, has worn throughout the comics. I like the 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 neon piping. I wish they'd actually <laughs> held on to that. I'm digging that. And, I, and, I hope they release that figure. And I'll tell you something. Oh my god! <laughs> I'll tell you something. I did not believe it when the girl was like, "Okay, not that. That's too much." 
No kid would have said that. Yeah. It would have been all over that <laughs> shit. Just been like, yeah. I did like Rambo, the friend, when with as the, getting to show off her piloting ability. Yeah. In the quad jet. That was nice. And it, basically yeah. showing, I'm a badass pilot. Well, it's just like when, when Fury says... Uh, Anymore, your fancy flying or whatever it was. She's like, just don't ever call it that again. Mm. <laughs> when but, they did uh, the whole montage of of her getting back up throughout her whole life, uh, I, I realized some see it as kind of like, yeah, that's kind of punchy and ham-handed, but I was kind of inspired by that moment of yeah. her life getting up as a kid and then through her training and so on, and then in this moment also getting back up. So if I felt inspired for that moment, I can't imagine being a little girl watching this movie and going, yes. Yeah, I think that's the important thing. Because yeah. it didn't quite do as much for me. Okay. Because, and for one reason is because there's, no real, there's really no buildup to that moment. Basically, what that, for me, what that montage said was she always gets up. Everyone gives her shit, and she always gets up. So she's going to get up here, you know, as opposed to some kind of struggle where it the first half of the movie, Carol's not getting up. It would have been interesting if the first half of the movie is constantly yon rog is like, get your ass moving. You got to do it. What the fuck is the matter with you? Come on, come on, come on. And she's just like totally defeated. But I don't know how they would have gone there. So sure. I, I don't kill myself over it. But... Once again, I see lots of female friends reacting to that and it being something important. So it's like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to piss on that parade. Sure. I did like when she's battling uh, Yon Rog there at the very end and he's oh. trying to he's trying to bait her into that whole machismo fight you know, on my terms yeah, fight on my yeah. terms he's like let's let's do it one on one just you and me and she's just like I'm blam. not having it blam yeah, nice very nice <laughs> she's I like, like that I've too. got these powers I'm gonna use them yeah 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 cause it's it's always like that yeah and it's just no I'm and like not, how I'm many not... movies have you seen that where you know, the two dudes throw down their guns and go to the fisticuffs yeah. and it's just like Anymore, it's gotten very Yonsville when I see that in a movie, and I just thought that was really funny way to to stand that that old chestnut on its head. Probably mm-hmm. the first time I've seen that trope broken since yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that and and huh. and Jude Law just laying it out. Yeah. I mean, he was just like, "Come on, let's do this. Is going now?" And then boom, and him starting with it was like, "I'm so proud of you," and just really yeah. trying to trying trying to get under her skin, and yeah. she's just like. Nope. Yeah. And the fact that she didn't kill him, he didn't end up dying in battle, and she actually dumps him on the shuttle. Doesn't He yeah. isn't even a prisoner of S.H.I.E.L.D. She, like, dumps him on the shuttle and says, all right, you go back and you tell them, uh, stay away from Earth. So that's actually kind of, that was a neat touch, too. I like that. Yeah. Although that, it, it, it's funny because part of the MacGuffin of the, the movie was weird. How intergalactic empires are researching a faster than light drive on <laughs> Okay, yeah, Earth. That's, a little, that's a little different. And yeah, that was all just like, that was like discovery spore drive uh, territory is like, what are, what's, what's going on? I don't, yeah. Well, it's clear they had the jump system for a while because, I mean, you know, it was, 
when, jump points, yeah. Yeah, the right. jump points. When, Which when, then guards uh, of the Guardians. Guardians, yeah. He yeah. used that to go back and get Quill when he was mm-hmm. really young. They have that technology, but just a straight faster than live drive. I don't think they have, yeah. They, they have... I, I don't remember them establishing anything like that in the in the galactic part of the, of the Marvel fiction. Universe. Yeah. So it would make sense that... Why would she go to Earth to try to develop this? Because that's where the Tesseract is. It's kind of a hard thing us nerds have to do with dealing with so many different properties that yeah. our brains watch is going... Oh wait, this one has this technology. Maybe this one doesn't. We we just kind of give it to them because we assume they're cosmic, so yeah. they must be getting around to right. And all the fun. ten the years special and what, little rules. Twenty two films in ten years. Sure. Yeah, but, we're but, trying to keep it all straight. But not only that, but you also have all the stuff you learn from Star Trek, Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, exactly. And, and right. all the myriad of why other did, science. Why didn't they films. just use the miracle transporter that can transport <laughs> them to Kronos? <laughs> right. Clear crossing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, mel- yeah. it melds sometimes, and you forget that. Yeah, maybe this entertainment option doesn't have the powers of this one right the, the violation of physics in this universe doesn't yes. match the one in that one exactly so sort of like uh when uh, the person andy knew was watching lord of the rings and was like why don't they just take arwen she can control rivers they just go follow <laughs> the river and you know explaining what that was all about was just just could not handle it because to that person it's control rivers. Yeah. And it's like, n- no, there, there's more to it than that. What? She controls rivers. And it's like, uh, okay. <gasps> yeah. I was going to get excited about uh, Amazon's Lord of the Rings. But As you should be. We're talking Captain Marvel. So. You can get excited? Well, I will do finish Captain Marvel. So, I did. I did. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Endgame. Um, I'm interested in what. When is that? Coming uh, up, right? April. April? <sighs> yeah. That's, that's in like that's a like, week. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a month away. Well, it's at the exciting. end of April, so oh. you still got a, oh. still got a month to go. God damn it! Oh. It'll be a short month. It'll feel like forever till it gets there, and then it'll be like, oh shoot, it's time for Endgame. Wow! And then what's the one after Endgame? There, Spider-Man? Uh, Spider-Man. Okay. Far from home. Far from home. That's that's the only MCU slated film going forward, and that's the only one that we're getting this year, other than. Uh, Endgame and Captain Marvel. What? Oh. We only got three? I know, oh. right? <laughs> We're so spoiled. <laughs> Fuckers. Uh, I do have to say that I think that Captain Marvel was one of the better origin films in a while because like some, of, some of the really origin films it. are... Yeah, yeah I, I highly enjoyed The flashback it. stuff. Yeah. I liked, and I liked the whole mental probing and slowly unraveling. Yeah. <laughs> and the that commentary was... that, wait, go back. He's like, are we even in the right... <laughs> It's like, wait, are we even in the right time frame? Yeah. Go back further than this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. It's that easy. You're my science guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's like the two humans are like, don't even know anything. Yeah, simple physics, idiot. Yeah. Or, orbit, moron. And, then, and it's like, you're my science guy. You couldn't figure that out? And he's like, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the helpless shrug. That was funny. That was funny. Especially in that Mendelssohn voice. Mm, uh, yeah. you, you you really you, you, yeah you forget he's Australian yeah and he's just he's just that good well yeah and the the way he just delivered you're my science guy you know the the delivery of that was just yeah I, I I was I will have to say I was amazed the way he was able to perform in that makeup that it's was work that was I mean I know it's tough because I mean I know you've told me Paul used to tell me how difficult it was 
and you guys just had makeup on, but once you start adding those appliances on, it's really hard to emote through those things, but he pulled it off really well. Well, you have to, you know, that when I was uh, working as a lion. Oh, right, the, yeah. The trick is you really have to push. You feel like you're overacting your ass off. You feel like you're being a total ass and this must be this must look awful and then you watch video and you're like holy shit it doesn't look like i'm doing anything i could have done more i mean you you just have no clue how hard you have to push to get through all that it sounds like so, you have to like pull your theater background in oh, and go yeah, you, i'm theater performing and you not totally, movie performing you totally have to play it to like you like you're yes Yes, exactly. In a in a five thousand seat proscenium, you've got to do it that way because that's the only way it gets through all that shit. Mm-hmm. That you know the you, something alive comes out of it. It's amazing. It's I still remember the first time I saw myself on video as the lion, and I was just like, I'm Jesus. sure it's advanced to some some too though. Yeah. Like from even from the, your Star Trek days, I'm sure that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah. advanced a bit where it's probably a little bit easier, but yeah. The process is streamlined, but it's still, you still have to have talent at performing through all of that. Well, it, it's yeah, part I know, of but I mean, latex. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, probably foam. latex moves a bit more than it did like 10 years ago. It does. Where... They're, they're able to make it thinner than they <laughs> yeah. used to have to, but yeah, I, you still have to really, I, I just like Kirsten said, emote through it. Yeah, it's, it's not just a matter of of uh immobility of the appliance there's also even if they glue it they can't glue it to every single square millimeter of your face there are points where they put it in and so a lot of muscle little micro muscle movements that are very typical for human communication when you're reading people's faces as they speak does not come through and that's one of the reasons why you really have to push through that. Yeah, kind of um, over-exaggerate I worked with a, uh, with a foam latex that was actually really soft and was got to be really thin, especially like around my eyes. And even there, you still there's still a lot you have to do to make it, to, to move it, to make it stretch and flex and all the things to reproduce a real, uh, well, not even reproduce, but to actually reflect what your face is doing underneath it. It's a lot. It's a real lot. Now, one of the boons is it's easier to blow up and then cut down so you can actually, you can actually work that and you can do you know rehearsal or first takes where you're just totally overboard and you get an idea of where you need to be. So there is that and that's useful. But it's, it, yeah, it's a lot of work. When you see someone, especially like this, where it's effective, it really is, it really is cool to watch. Katsoulis, Andreas Katsoulis, yes. who is a, he really imp- impressed me in Babylon 5. Absolutely. Because that was some heavy ass shit. Very heavy makeup. And he was, he would work through that very well. And, and, and uh, it was thick too, if I remember. Like yeah. it was thicker yes, appliances. It was, it was a bulky appliance. Or Abu Genois in Deep yes. Space Nine. Uh, he did a lot. Him and Shimmerman, they made use of their eyes a lot, a lot of expressing through their eyes. But there would still be some stuff coming through the face, although the Deep Space Nine, a lot of their appliances were were really bulky. And, I also and then remember. there's Neelix. Yeah. 
<laughs> I also yeah. remember Aubergeois saying that. <laughs> is that wrong? He couldn't. Uh, or, no, uh, no, that uh, was Odo. Rene oh, Aubergeois yeah, yeah, was Odo. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I remember him saying <laughs> that until he was in the makeup, he couldn't get the voice down. But then when they would take sure. the makeup off, totally. he, couldn't, he couldn't replicate the Odo voice. It was always like, I don't know if it's the way the makeup's sitting, but he's like, he would try to do it in rehearsal and try to just do the do the voice, but it would come out as his own voice. But as soon as they got him in makeup, suddenly he had that deep delivery again. Totally makes Quark. sense. I can totally, totally see that. That totally makes sense. Makeup will change your acting, period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything else about the Marvels? Uh, um, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Go see it again. Go if see you haven't it seen again. it, why'd you listen this far? <laughs> right? Yeah, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, come on, folks. I, I, I seem to remember somebody saying they like to listen to our spoiler talk to yeah. see if it's a way to, to gauge whether it's a movie they definitely want to see, kind of based on our enthusiasm. If, hey, man, you do you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. I used to be like that. I used to go to movies knowing everything stem to stern because I'd read every single publicity thing I could. Oh, right, yeah. And, and uh, you know, now I just... Starlog and Fangoria, man. Oh, that movies yeah, be movies. Sure. Um, and uh, the Time articles, and then eventually when Entertainment Weekly came out, it just you know yep. you just dive into everything and get every little bit, and uh, yeah, so whatever. Um, because um, mostly that wasn't even to decide to see the movie. I was seeing the movie, right. so I just read up everything about sure. it. So it didn't. It wasn't even a factor of am I going to see this or not. I just read about it before I saw the damn thing. There was a time in college <clears throat> when I first discovered the internet, and the it, this still happens, but a lot less. That you would find earlier drafts of movies before they came out. Oh right, yeah. On like news groups or whatever, I read all of Batman Forever before I saw it. <laughs> and so I was excited to see this movie come to life on the screen after reading the screenplay. Chill, Todd, chill. <laughs> no, that's Batman and Robin. Oh, shit. <laughs> Forever was wow. the Kilmer one, which was not terrible, but it, it was Jim definitely Carrey the beginning of the end for that franchise. It, was, it had Jim Carrey in it, and we all know how I felt about Jim Carrey at that right, time. Right, right, right. As opposed to now. It, I still like him a lot. Oh, okay. But at that time, I worshipped him and I worshipped Batman. So it was the joining of two worlds. Wow. Only one way to be better, Jim Carrey as Batman. I'm down. That would be an interesting (laughs) goddamn Batman. It would almost be like the Joker as Batman. (laughs) I accept your proposal. That would be fun. Put him in the rainbow costume. All right, we got to shut this show down, gentlemen. Anything else you want to add? No? No. Matt, you happy? Yeah. Yeah, he's happy. He's got an Oreo. So. Yeah, yeah. No, like the Tesseract connection, like, like the like the basic effects. Uh, running around wrapped in energy, blasting stuff is my favorite power set. It's so. pretty awesome. So go it's, for it's it. It's great. To what watch. do they call it in the comics when she does it? Going binary or something like that? I you know, I don't I I don't think they're definite that they're definitively using that same skill set yeah, that she no. has in the comics. I have no idea what they're doing. I think the they're kind of doing their own thing, <laughs> yeah. but making it very much an homage to the comics. Because mm-hmm. oh. even the one of the writer of the current run made a cameo in the movie. Or the, 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 the current origin of, right. of this style, yeah. of Captain, the one that this yes. Captain Marvel is based yeah, off of. I think of. she was in the train scene. Yeah. Yes. Well, the, yes. the, 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 the Stan Lee cameo. 
Oh, oh my, my god. god. I, even touch oh, I, I, I saw the fucking mall rats and I'm just like, get the fuck out. I, he, I have to recommend that you go out there and on YouTube and watch the Kevin Smith. It's about seven minutes long. He talks about him finding out about that cameo and apparently Stan was having trouble with his voice that day because it was a few months before he passed. So they were able to get voice recordings from Kevin Smith and View Askew to overdub in the movie because for from from mall rats from mall rats. <laughs> so he said it was spoiled for him ahead of time. Uh, watch the video. I mean, Kevin Smith is in tears by the end of this video talking about how much it meant to him and how much Stan meant to him. So. He that that was one of the perfect cameos. That's still my favorite Kevin Smith from film is Mallrats, and bringing Kevin Smith into the MCU, which is something that he adores. It, it just it's it's like everything coming full circle. So, yes, that Stan cameo and the Stan tribute at the very beginning had me in tears. What's your thoughts on Captain Marvel? Write to us comments at uglycowshow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo, '80s Jeff, Commander K Marvel. Maple Leaf Matt. No. Oh. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Not Marvel Leaf Map? No. Not K Marvel? Yeah, K Marvel. That's too K Mart. <laughs> <laughs> Attention K Marvel shoppers. <laughs> we have discounted Negabands in uh, aisle five. <laughs> it's really funny reading Negabands and saying it. It's kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> so. That was Blue Light Special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.